Linda Lundry. Ooh, I love coloring outside the lines. I love that. Beautiful. Perfect song. Well, as Reverend Megan said, happy St. Patty's Day. Seeing you in your green, a few of you. Yes, I wasn't uh, born Irish, but I, I, I married a Scot, so we celebrated St. Patty's Day. So here we go. Why would you not iron a four-leaf clover? <laughs> you don't want to press your luck. <laughs> okay, I have one more. Um, what would you call a leprechaun who collected aluminum cans, newspaper, and plastic bottles? A wee cycler. <laughs> okay, that's it for my jokes. Oh. <laughs> it's good to be here with you this morning. We're moving along through our theme for 2019, which is Awake and Alive We Thrive. And we do. When we're awake, when we're aware, when we are conscious of what's going on in the world, we thrive. And this month's theme is wholehearted living. Wholehearted living. Wholehearted living was really a term that I came to know through Brene Brown. Brene Brown really talked about this idea of wholehearted living. And what she means about it is being your authentic self. And, and last week we had Karen Drucker talk about that. You know, what does that mean to be authentically myself? And today's topic is let let it all go, let it all go. You know, and it's interesting listening to Linda's song, and, and as I was working on this uh, talk this week, I kept hearing the song from Frozen. You know, the animated movie Frozen, you know, let it go, let it go, right? And, it's, it, and she keeps singing that. And, and it's interesting because the song and, the, and her character is sort of about what we're talking today. You know, she was finally at this place where her power got to be known that, you know, whenever she touched things, they froze. And, and all her life, she'd been told not to let people know about that, and she tried to be normal, you know, whatever normal is, right? And, and one day it got out that she had this, this power, and she decided, what the heck, let it go, let it go. And she let it all go and stepped into her authenticity. You know, that whole idea of surrender to win. You know, it's sort of that backwards of, of at least what I was raised with. You know, the idea of surrender to win. I was raised with never say uncle, don't give up. You know, you could be tickled to death by your brothers and sisters, but you don't ever say uncle, right? Because you would appear weak or you would appear like they would get you, right? So never, never surrender. But when we come into this philosophy, when we come into this teaching, and you realize it's actually the opposite. We surrender to win. We let it go. We stop fighting, right? Letting go of what others think of us. Now that's a big one. It was a big one for me anyway. Terry Cole Whitaker wrote the book, uh, What You Think of Me is None of My Business, right? Back in the day, what you think of me is none of my business. And that was a tough one for me to get, you know, like, what do you mean? And then people would like go on to say like, what you think of my children or what you think of my husband is none of my business. I mean, I thought that was my business. Now come on, right? But the truth is it's none of my business. My business is to think of myself. My business is to think of how am I operating in the world? You know, what am I doing? What am I being? What kind of example am I? It's none of my business what you think of me, if you approve of me, if you like what I'm doing, if you don't like what I'm doing. And you know, I think as I was looking at this, I realized what an ego thing that is. You know, to be caught up in 
having to be a certain way because I want you to like me. You know, because I want you to approve of me. I want you to think that what I'm doing is good, right? And uh, how often in my life have I done that? Have I made a choice or I made a decision or I took some action because I thought it's what I was supposed to do? You know, not truly what I wanted to do, but I thought it was what I was supposed to do. Um, Terry Cole's book, she says, misery starts with a person's reaction to someone or something outside of his self or herself. In truth, it is not the event or situation or what others are saying or doing that is the problem. It's our reaction that is triggered by what we believe these words and events mean. You know, it's often said that when somebody says something to us, uh, it's only if we have a little bit of ourselves that believes it that it triggers us, right? If somebody says to me, oh, your hair is green, I'm not going to get upset about that. But if they say something that I believe about myself or even have a little bit of an idea about myself, then I get triggered, right? Then I get triggered because there's part of me that believes it. So it's my reaction to the thing that's being said to me not the thing itself. I used to tell that to my children all the time. I think I've shared this before with you. You know, I would say, well, nobody can make you angry, right? And you have to give them permission, right? You have to, you have to accept it. And so I would tell my children, you're really making me angry. And what would they say? No one can make you angry, mom, right? No one can make you And they were telling me the truth. They were telling me the truth, you know? You know, we go through life, I think, and we judge ourselves. We compare ourselves. We compare ourselves to others. How do we measure up? Are we better than, less than? You know, that whole idea. I like it. I don't know if you've heard this. You know, the egomaniac with the inferiority complex. Like, how can we be both? We think we're better than in some instances. In other instances, we think we're less than. The truth is we're not either of those. We're just us. We're just us. We're just who we are. You know, when we make the mistake, we're comparing our insides to somebody else's outsides. Right? I'm thinking what I feel inside, and I'm looking at you, and you look good. Right? And you look like you've got it all together. But I don't know what's going on inside of you. You know, unless I get to know you, and we talk, and we share. You know, so most of the time, these comparisons are absolutely wrong because we don't have all the information. You know, uh, one of my teachers used to say to me, she said, Debbie, we, used to have, to, we have to watch over the long haul. You know, because if I meet you and in a snapshot I see you, and you might be having a bad day or you may be having something going on. You know, but if I get to know you and I, I see you through your life and as time goes on, and I realize that from where you've come from, you're in a really great place. You know, I don't know that when I first meet you, right? So I watch and I learn more about you. Mm. Other thing we can let go of is our obsessive thinking. Letting go of our obsessive thinking. I don't know if you've heard this story, but the one about the monks, the monks that came to a river, and when they got to the river, there was a woman standing there. And the river was very uh, active, and there was all kinds of uh, currents going on in the river, and the woman was afraid to cross. And she said to one of the monks, she said, would you help me across? And the younger monk, he kind of looked at her and hesitated and looked around. But the older monk, he picked her up and put her on, put her on his shoulders and walked her across the river to the other side, where he set her down. 
And the two monks walked on. And a while down the road, the younger monk was frustrated and he wasn't talking. And, and finally he couldn't contain himself anymore. And he said to the older monk, he said, our teaching says we're not supposed to have contact with women. I can't believe you picked up that woman and carried her across the river. And the older monk said, I set her down way back there. You're still carrying her. Right? That obsessive thinking that we can't let go of, and we're thinking, and we're thinking, and we're thinking. Let it go. Let it all go. Like our little girl in Frozen, right? The planning and the thinking and the worrying. Worrying about our finances, our bills, our children, our parents, right? That, that hamster cage thinking that goes around and around. None of you probably do that, right? I do. You know, that, that hamster cage, what do they call that? Well, there's another name for it, but we'll call it K-mess. You know, that radio station that just goes on and on and on in your head. Let it go. Let it go, right? There is a, a psychologist that was teaching a stress management class, and she was talking to a group in the audience, and she uh, picked up a glass of water and held it in her hand, and they all thought she was going to say, you know, is the glass half empty or half full, right, the story that we usually get. But instead she said, how much do you think this glass of water weighs? And they uh, got for, uh, 8 ounces, 12 ounces, 16 ounces, 20 ounces, you know, all kinds of different uh, weights. And, and she said, well, that's, you know, that doesn't really matter how much this weighs. But, but my question to you is, what would happen if I held this glass for a couple minutes? And they said, well, probably nothing, you know. Okay, well, what would happen if I held it, like, here? for a few minutes, they said, well, your arm would get tired, you know, it would probably start to hurt, and, and you know, you, you would have some stress. And she said, well, what if I held it up here for a whole day? And they said, well, your arm would go numb, all the blood would rush down out of your arm, you, you'd probably end up at the doctor's, and you might even be get paralyzed, I mean, I don't know, your whole arm would go numb. And she said, well, what do I need to do to stop the pain? And somebody in the back shouted out, well, set it down, right? Set it down. And she said, it's the same thing with stress and worry. You know, it, 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 it all weighs the same. If we think about something for a minute, okay. If we think about it for a day, it's painful. If we think about it for a whole 24-hour period, we are in pain, we're numb, we're, we're paralyzed, right? So set it down, let it go, let it go. The stresses and worries in life, just let them go. Now I'm rereading the uh, Untethered Soul, which is our book of the month this month, and we just got a bunch in. Bobby's got them in the bookstore. She got a new shipment of books in, so check them out after service. But I'm rereading the Untethered Soul, and what I'm remembering is how uh, much trouble comes from our attachments to things. You know, Michael Singer talks a lot about that, about the attachment to things, our attachments to our thoughts even, our attachments to our shoulds, right? What I should do, what I should be, how I should, 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 right? Shooting all over yourself, you've heard that, right? We need to stop doing that. We need to stop doing that. Let go and let God. It's simple but not easy, right? To move in that place of accepting what is, it just is. Just accepting what is. Letting go of what we think it's supposed to be. Finding that place of peace. You know, a few weeks ago I talked about the witness consciousness. And this is a good place to practice that. To just notice what you're noticing. 
right? To step out of being attached to it. I found this great definition and I really liked it. The Buddhist teaching of non-attachment. What does it mean to practice non-attachment? Rather than thinking of non-attachment as not attaching to things, think of it as not allowing things to own you. What things own you? Those are the things you're attached to, right? What's owning you, right? This uh, writer who talked a lot about people coming to him with ideas about non-attachment to your children or your spouse or, or others, you know, and he, and he really broke down what really is non-attachment. Of course we're attached to our children. Of course we're attached to our spouse. Of course we love them, you know. But are you owned by their actions, by what they're doing, you know? Another story, the Buddha story. The Buddha uh, tells a story of a young man who, again, came to a river. And when he got to the river, he was on the side of the river that was lots of things were going on. There was lots of turbulence. There was lots of danger. He needed to cross over to the other side. But when he got to the river, there was no bridge. There was no boats. There was, there was no way for him to get across. So he fashioned himself a raft. He made a raft out of the twigs and the vines and the leaves, and he made this really sturdy raft. And he laid down on it, and he paddled across, and he got to the other side of the river. Now, the Buddha says to the monks that he was teaching, he says, now, what do you think this man should do? Do you think he should strap this raft on his back? It had served him well and take it with him. And the monk said, yes, yes, I think he should. I think he should keep on, hold on to that raft. And the monk says, well, what about if he set the raft down gratefully and thanked it for the service it gave him and moved on and didn't hold on to it? And, and the students agreed, perhaps that was a better way to do it. And the monks, and Buddha said, yes, that is the way it is with my teachings. They help you to get across, but then you're to set them down. But we're not to attach to them. Attached to them is I have to hold on to this thing. You know, it's holding on is what keeps us blocked, is what keeps us stuck. You know, the other thing that we can let go of is we let go of outcomes. Let go of how we think it's supposed to be again, you know, how we think this thing is supposed to turn out. Truly letting go and letting God. You know, once we decide it's got to be this way and we put all our focus on this is the way it has to turn out, we've closed all the other windows of possibilities because we've decided this is the way it needs to show up, this is the way it needs to be. And there could be a whole bunch of other more wonderful ways that it can show up for us. So we let go of how we think it's supposed to be. We do the footwork and we leave the results to God, right? That's our business. Our business is to go out and do the footwork. You know, we take the action. And however it turns out, we trust that that's perfect. We trust that that's just perfect. You know, the class that is scheduled to start on Tuesday, we're using this book, The Magic of the Soul. And the author says a couple things about this whole idea of letting go. In fact, a lot of the book is about this very idea of letting go, the magic of the soul. In a nutshell, he really is, is letting go of how we think it's supposed to be and allowing ourselves to know that each moment, seemingly good or seemingly bad, is magic. That each moment is. But he says, ask for what you want, but let go of any expectations that you will receive it. The process of, process of asking and letting go is where the growth is to be found. Is where the growth is to be found. Again, opposite of holding on to. Opposite of being attached. 
Strive for what you want with complete detachment from any results. That's a, a, something that I need to work towards for sure. You know, I somewhere somehow have this idea of what I think it should be, right? And to be able to let go of those results, to be able to let go of the results and to just be in what is. The other one that I like that I use a lot is to wear the world like a loose garment. That visualization sort of just helps me to think of like, okay, I've got on this loose garment and I, it's, I'm not too attached to it and it's not too attached to me. You know, it's here with me, but I'm traveling through life not clinging on to it, not clinging on to it. You know, that power is within us. I mean, that's the thing. The power that's within us uh, gets blocked by us holding on, by us uh, picking one thing, you know? Again, we've, we've stopped the currency, we've stopped the channel, we've put a bend in the hose, right, of that's flowing through us. And, and I love this analogy of the headwaters of a river. You know, if you've ever been to the headwaters of a river, they just, that sort of just comes out from under the ground. There's an underground river and all of a sudden it comes up, right? You can see it, you can see it bubbling up and it's coming through. It's found a crack somewhere in the Earth's surface and a river begins and these mighty rivers flow. And uh, it's like that with us. That power that's within us is like the headwaters that come out if we allow ourselves to be open, if we allow ourselves to let go, if we allow ourselves to release, if we allow ourselves to just be and to allow that to move through us. Let it all go and let the river of source run through you. You know, I think the, the lyrics to the release song are, are uh, perfect for this message, you know. We, we sing the release song sometimes at the end of service. And, you know, it says, I let go and I let God, I let spirit run my life. I let go and I let God, I let spirit run my life. My heart is open wide. I'm only here for God. I used to hear that when I first started coming to Science of Mind centers. And, and the tears would just run because it was so true for me. That's what I was looking for. You know, I release and I let go. I let spirit run my life. My heart is open wide. I'm only here for God. Mm. Let it go. God bless you. So glad that you're here today. Glad you're here. Thank you.